We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. And or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they gonna roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? Rogers in trouble. It's gonna get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone! It is caught for the win! Richard Rogers! With a walk-off touchdown. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra. Your Green Bay Packers podcast is a proud partner of the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire family. Dejectedly, I am your host, Numak. And joining me for another YouTube live stream is my co-host Jordan <laughs> Tresky. Jordan, how are you doing, buddy? Uh been better. Been a lot better. Yeah, we've certainly been better. Yeah. Uh we've both been better on the heels of a Packers 17 to 13 loss to the Las Vegas Raiders in what was a relatively ugly game. Like there's been a couple of ugly showcases of football over the past couple of weeks between um, the Bears-Broncos game last week and then the Broncos-Jets game this week. And now this Raiders-Packers Packers game was equally as ugly. Not a whole lot of offense happening in where both teams are just below 20 points on the game. And I'll, uh, like you wouldn't think that this game was going to be dominated by defenses coming in, but here we are in where both defenses played pretty well. Yeah. I mean, Max Crosby was a one man wrecking crew. Um, we talked about it plenty going in the, going into this game. He was a matchup problem all over the box, the line, wherever you want to use, even on the bench, they showed him plenty and he was still like 
giving me nightmares, even though I was awake and present. Um, and the Packers defense, I mean, we always will have quibbles about how they play, but you give up 17 points, that should be a game that you win. That is that is the ball game right there. You also won the turnover battle. Uh, no, that's no, they true. didn't. No, uh, they didn't. Well, no, they did not. That was a point that would have made more sense if things did not happen. But yeah, I mean, again, 17 points. You, uh, how many yards did Devonte Adams have? You know what I mean? Like the things that we keyed in on going into this game where Devontae Adams had four catches for 40, 45 yards, four targets, yeah. and then a long of 21 yards. Raiders made – they didn't make a lot of big plays, but they just did a lot of like, okay, we're going to just do smash football. We'll work side to side. Josh Jacobs will get some run up the middle. Like it was very deliberate and very just kind of like time-intensive. And it was really painful to watch when the, those drives like happened. But again, the defense only gave up 17 points. Right. The defense wasn't the it's, problem. Like, no. I know during the game, I was getting mad at Joe Barry for a couple of the decisions that he was making, like coverage wise, particularly on the Jacoby Myers touchdown. But he, his game plan worked this week. They didn't let Devontae beat them. Um, yep. Josh Jacobs didn't run like all over them. They, I think they played quite well um, against the run 69 yards uh, for on 20 carries for Josh Jacobs. Like that, that's a good number. They held them under a hundred rushing yards for the entire game. So like, this isn't a, a defensive problem that I think this is a offensive problem that they had tonight. And it's really, really freaking disappointing given the state of the Raiders defense. Like, I think we ought to start there. Jordan was just with, the inability of the um, offense to really get going tonight. And I think that partially falls square on the shoulders of Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love. Like, it, Jordan Love did not have a good game tonight. By far the worst game of his career. 16 of 30, 182 yards, no touchdowns, and three interceptions. Takes two sacks, one of them being very untimely um, in that fourth quarter. But... Yeah, it wasn't a good game for for Jordan Love. I think part part of that is because of the one man wrecking crew that was Max Crosby. But if you're gonna call Matt Lafleur an offensive genius and sort of this this whiz when it comes to play calling and be able to manage these games, he has the way to get around that. And they were trying everything, and nothing was working. They tried going two tight end sets going over there um, to try and block them. They tried putting man, men in motion to to just chip them on their way through and that wasn't working. Like at what point do you just have to figure out something that works and they tried everything and nothing was working. So is that a player problem or is that a coaching problem? Like, I think it's probably 50 50, but I, I don't know. It might, it probably has to do something with Goody too. And the ability of the players that he's drafting and coach development, like it was just an all around, I think total failure from the Packers offensive side tonight, both coaches and players. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any way around it. Um, this offense is pretty toothless. Uh, Aaron Jones, again, did not play. That was a big hit. Um, even on the broadcast that they said LeFleur was planning on having Aaron Jones feature in the game plan. And plans changed, obviously, when he was, you know, <laughs> inactive. Um, and maybe that was reflective in how A.J. Dillon was used and Kudos to him. Great game tonight. I know it's not, it's, 
we're grading on a very low bar, but it was a, the best performance that he's put in so far this season. But it was the kind of performance that we have expected from AJ Dillon, regardless if he's a lead back, regardless if it's him and Aaron Jones sharing touches. He was doing the things that we expect him to do, running out the gut, killing time, getting four to five yard chunk plays. It just moves the ball. And the thing that was really frustrating is one, Christian Watson, three yard or three catches for 91 yards, longest of 77 yards. It was on a blown coverage play. A touchdown would have sealed that game, and it, we probably would have or sealed that drive. We probably would have gotten an overtime if not for that horse collar tackle. It makes me we so bone- mad that that happened. Like, mm-hmm. there is copium in our Discord that I somewhat agree with that there has to be something like basketball and uh, soccer where if there's a direct like path to the end zone and you penalize or you draw a penalty on somebody to prevent it, it should set up like first and goal to one or something like a horse collar tackle is dangerous and i get this is like the maximum huffing of copium right now but it is like it's a dangerous play and i think if watson would have got hurt on that i would have been absolutely livid like i'm still pretty mad that they didn't score the touchdown there clearly but regardless of it all like that's there should be something like that i it won't happen but yeah, that's that's just the nature of it. Is that a horse collar tackle and a half distance to the goal saved them the game, got them a W. Yeah, I I think what was the most frustrating part of this game is that again, one of the biggest things we keyed up on in this going into the game, the Raiders secondary was there to be had. It could mm-hmm. <laughs> they have made mistakes. They're not they're not strong at all. The injury report did not even it made them worse based on who was not playing. Their slot corner was, I believe, out of the game. Law was riding on Marcus Peters. You have Christian Watson. You have your full complement of receivers. Yes, you don't have Aaron Jones, but that should still be good enough to move the ball, get points, just make things happen. And it was just very scattershot when things would happen. Yeah, and the only thing that gave the offense consistency was really just AJ Dillon running up the gut and running with force—the kind of things that we had longed to see from the running game. It was both AJ Dillon just getting upfield, not really dancing around, but he also had plenty of room for him to run. Mm-hmm. And then when it came time to passing, it was like, okay, where's Romeo Dobbs? One catch, four yards, four targets. Had a huge drop on that last uh, drive. Mm-hmm. Luke Musgrave was kind of like by default, like the leading receiver. I mean, he, but it was he was like the checkdown guy the entire game. Like yes. six for seven, six catches on seven targets for thirty-four yards. That's not a good rate. His longest was eight. Like, yeah, I'm not like there is value in that. It's also that is very much reflective of how this offense was. And I was tr- I was trying to keep track of like big plays because that is a big thing that we have honed or again keyed in on all throughout the year. And this offense, like I could maybe count three to four plays where they got over maybe ten yards on a run or uh, a pass, like the Christian Watson one. Like it was a love scramble. It was AJ Dillon getting up for like a first down, and like it just doesn't happen enough for this offense. And right, love again. 
we will hammer this home. He looked as bad as we've seen discounting that Chiefs start yeah. two years ago or whatever it was. He looked bad. Like He looked bad. I, I don't want he to was, conflate that he looked as bad as we've seen to being like he just was just kind of kind of bad. He looked bad. Like he looked horrendous. He looked bad. The pressure certainly got to him because he was really just honing in on one read. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, that last drive when things start to like those errors pile up and it's natural. That is natural for a quarterback of his experience to feel that way. Right. It is also just very frustrating. And like, I don't know. And uh, the, what I'm about to get into is very subjective. And I know not a lot of people would probably agree with it. Maybe some people agree with it. I don't know. But it what maddens me more than anything, the, the deep balls. There was maybe four or five. I think there was at one point there was at least six. Dornelow was like two for six. They it it was it would be like these little like okay we're gonna we're gonna go around the gut it's second and six let's uncork this bomb to Watson. That's the Matt Lafleur special. And like this is not the offense that can do that. Like I don't know how many times and I've I've given Love the benefit of the doubt. I'm not gonna. Maybe this will change if he completes passes over 20 yards. But at some point, I think going into this bye week, you have to reevaluate what this offense can actually do well and what the strengths are of this team rather than this idealistic you know, way that you want to play because it's not adding up. Yeah, that the, is Through five weeks, it's not. Matt LaFleur's offense right now, this is a deep cut joke for the Discord listeners, is uh, Mater's utopia picture. Or John's utopia picture for when Mater would spoil the game last year. Like the Matt LaFleur has this utopic view of how this offense should work. And it's just not how it works in, in Packers reality right now. It just it just isn't there. I think the biggest thing is that they keep trying these these deep balls on just goal routes, like just straight line goal routes. And I am inclined to believe that Jordan Love isn't at the the place in his game right now where he can complete those passes. Like that's a hard pass to lead somebody over their shoulder to catch it like that. I think what they should start trying to do is getting him deep balls on slants and crossing routes over the middle. Like instead of having Christian Watson run down the sideline and drop in a pass that way, let Jordan Love lead him over the middle. Like do something to get the safety off of that 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 light like that that route and that that line and lead him out towards the numbers or something like that like I, I just don't think that the goal route like we saw on the first play from Minnesota last year that I don't think that's the play that Jordan Love should be playing or should be throwing right now it just it just isn't isn't effective we saw it what two three times tonight where either the pass was underthrown or Christian Watson couldn't track it well enough. Like I think at least one of those deep balls that was to Christian Watson was the fault of Christian Watson for not catching and not getting under the ball. Like he almost, I have a Malafleur quote that it backs what you just said. Go ahead. Uh, from Jason B. Hirschhorn um, on D shops to Christian Watson. I thought there was some opportunity there. I just think there's a tendency for wideouts. That, that, that. I don't know what that thought's going. When you look back to the ball, you just got to accentuate your arm movement. We need to do a better job of coaching that. They got to do a better job of coaching a whole lot of things. Um, it's just it's just not good. It, there's just a lot of 
breakdowns tonight. I want to shout out a couple people in in chat. Coco Mike at the beginning of the at the beginning of the stream said two weeks in a row we stay up till six a.m. to watch the game. Appreciate you coming in and listening to us talk about this game. If it's six a.m. Oh, your time, <laughs> appreciate it. Um, Thank you. But going briefly back to your Aaron Jones, like to the running game and everything about it, Ian talking about how Aaron Jones doesn't move the needle at all in this game. I think it. I don't think that's entirely true, but I'm not disagreeing either. Like I think a playmaker like Aaron Jones could help this offense get into a rhythm a lot more, but that would mean actually using him. I don't think the presence of Aaron Jones helps at all. Like I think if they're going to that was a line game, right? Exactly. I think if they're going to have Aaron Jones, they need to play him. They need to have him mixed in to like 50% of the snaps, honestly. Like whether yeah. it's running a whole bunch or getting him mixed in into like swing games or something like that. But I think this offense is missing Aaron Jones because they don't have a dynamic runner to stretch the field and make defenses worry about passes down the field to get Christian Watson open or get Robert Dobbs open down the field. Because like... A.J. Dillon had a good game, but for all intents and purposes, he only had 76 yards of offense. Like, that's just that's just not enough when it comes to um, having a, a good run game in today's NFL to try and go off of your uh, your passing game. That just it just isn't. And so, especially on 20 carries, like 3.8 is a fine, a fine average. It's by far his best game of the year, but you still need something a little more dynamic from him because while he did have a good game in the um in the rushing game he had one target in the passing game and that was that one on the i think that last drive when it hit the ground so yeah it the the aaron jones of it all is really really difficult to parse through because i think if they have aaron jones this team just looks a lot more electric than it might now it kind of looks just stagnant and stale right now i i honestly feel like without them all being healthy right now without Aaron Jones being healthy without Christian Watson earlier in the year. Like it just had a very similar vibe to the late McCarthy years where no play call is really that innovative. It feels like I've seen this offense before and that's kind of the issue. Like they do run some gadget plays with Jaden Reed jet sweeps or reverses. They've run a couple of times. None of that tonight. Like I didn't really see Jaden. The Raiders, honestly, the Raiders had the blueprint. If you want to win ugly, that's how you win ugly. And they did. They ran a bunch of flea flickers that to the Packers credit, they, they ran, they protected well, like they defended the flea flickers well. And they defended those, those gadget plays well, save for that one. Um, I forget his name, their rookie that they, that they trotted out. My apologies. Um, Trey Tucker, that in like second quarter, yes. that that one rush on the end around for 16 yards. Other than that, like they played the the trick plays pretty well tonight, and so it's just, I think they need Aaron Jones back, but they need to bring him back and actually use him because no one else is really a threat on this team. It's just, it's how they are. They have so many rookies and they have so many just young players between like for, for one of the youngest teams in the league. We have to keep remembering youngest that. offense. We have to keep remembering that because yeah. it certainly shows when you get Tucker Craft tackling a guy um, on first down that was a twenty yard difference. Like instead of a reset, instead of a first and ten on a Jordan Love run, it's first and twenty. Instead of Luke Musgrave catching the ball on that last drive, he drops it, and it's another play that there's not getting yardage. Like Christian Watson wasn't finding balls. Like I, I know we like Christian Watson, and I, we have high hopes for him. He wasn't 
tracking the ball well tonight, I don't think. No. That last catch in the end zone, he didn't even really fight for it. Like, there was no defensive pass interference there. That cornerback made a hell of a play to get the interception. Like, Romeo Dobbs isn't getting open and is, is like, dropped the ball on that last drive, too. Oh. It's just... It's, it's hard to have like a good outlook on this when there's like this many mistakes from everybody right like that that's a coaching issue that's that is what is the most frustrating is that i don't know who we can say is like culpable who not culpable i just i think it's like it's it's it everything is so muddled of like in terms of Okay, charting someone's progress, whether it's Jordan Love, whether it's Christian Watson, I know injuries have played played a factor. Romeo Dobbs, he started slow in part because of injuries that has a career uh night uh against the Lions, even though it was a loss. Mm-hmm. Silent. Like it that's where it's like in big big picture stuff, that's really hard to do. And I think ultimately, like to your point of Aaron Jones and Ty had a comment in this in the comment section of like it was it's either all or nothing plays and credit to the Raiders for like they took away the the middle of the field like Robert Spillane who I've never heard of in my life I heard of his name 50 freaking times tonight and he catches he catches two picks and one of them yeah like I know it was deflected dude but it was a bad read dude, the first one um, was so bad so bad and I don't understand where that came from uh, outside of maybe just pressure or whatever, like that's where it's like, I don't know. But like the the thing that was frustrating tonight when you have when we think of dynamic playmakers, we think of Christian Watson. We hope Romeo Dobbs. I mean, we hope both of those players can do that. They're not making those plays. They 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 can't either get on the same page with Love, or they're covered to death, and you know. Uh, blanketed away from the play and I just think I don't know there's just nothing easy about this offense for it it, it's gone on for weeks and they start slow it's been a routine the entire year and even going back to last year with different quarterbacks like there are some things that have changed dramatically in terms of personnel and all that stuff and I understand the inexperience with this roster and with this offense, especially, but the same troubling things keep happening. Mm-hmm. And that's where like pointy fingers of how this happens and everything like that. I it's, it's such a mess. It's really a fucking mess. And yeah, I don't know. I that's, don't know. That's the biggest problem of it all is that like, it just, the receivers aren't getting open because Give like say what you will about Jimmy G and his abilities as a quarterback. He did great in San Francisco, and he's doing great in Oakland. When he's Las Vegas, why do I keep doing that? Thank you. I know. I do so. When he in Las Vegas, when he's taking his three and five step dropbacks, and on that fifth step is just throwing it to his receiver, like he just getting it out, getting it out, getting it out fast, and just love doesn't have that right now they're they, they're making him a pocket passer to let plays develop when i really think i mean 
In should the, be the inverse. It should I, honestly, be the inverse. Like, like how Jimmy they were G's talking a, about Jimmy. Jimmy G's ability doesn't allow it to be the inverse. Like we saw that tonight when he threw his interception and things like that. But like, I think the way they use Jimmy G is the way they should use Jordan Love. Yes. The thing about the the way that they were talking about uh, Garoppolo and how he's been acclimating to this offense and it's how different it is compared to San Francisco where it's all flashed really fast. It's moved the ball out of the hands. And obviously, Matt LaFleur comes from that coaching tree, so shares that ideal. But the the way you, especially when you have Devontae Adams, who's one of the best wide receivers in the league of this era, whatever you want to call it, and you see time and time again, they're not on the same page because Devontae just works deliberately. He releases off the line every time he's open. It's like he's wide open. Yeah. But guess what? Jimmy G is looking somewhere else looking or somewhere he's pressured else. or whatever. Like that, that to me seems a lot more fixable than where things are for the Packers. And I I think that's a lot more frustrating and kind of scary because I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think tonight it's obvious Jordan Love had his worst game of the season so far. Yeah. Um, I just don't know how that can get back on track without just saying, "Hey, Aaron Jones, let's get him in there, and maybe it, it, it leaves or alleviates some of the pressure on Jordan Love because one, you just have to be better, and he will be better. But it's just just getting consistency is the biggest thing with this damn team. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, I think it's worth talking about that the first quarter. Uh, or the first halves of these games are just ugly. Like Ian said it in chat again, it, they're, they're just ugly. And it's been like that for three weeks now between the saints game, the lions game. And um, I mean, even the Falcons game wasn't, wasn't the best either. They just, they start so slow every time. And and that's not a recipe for it's success. Not, if you're a you young can't, team. if you're a young team, you just can't be from behind every game. Like, First drive tonight, eight plays, 23 yards, like whatever. Second uh, drive, 75 yards on eight plays. Like that better, better, frankly. But then next one, four for 11, the interception, three yards and 11 yards and a half. Like that's abysmal. And I get that like the interception kind of put a lot of time between your, uh, your you're punting like your your third drive the punt and the second or the fifth drive the another punt like that's a lot of time for the offense off the field but at that point get the coaches on the on the offense on the sideline and start talking through what you're going to do to make these changes to get the offense going like it it didn't feel different coming out of um coming out of the interception it did at all they went three and out <laughs> yeah like it, it yeah. just, it just wasn't good, and then I think the they kind of got kicked, or punched in the face. And when you're a young team, it's hard to get punched in the face and rally. And it takes some veterans to kind of right the ship, and they don't have offensive veterans, which I think yeah. is like why the defense played pretty well tonight. They go and they give up the touchdown off of the interception, or um before the interception, and then don't allow a touchdown until the second half of the third quarter again. Like they, they played well and they even, that, they, they stood him up on the, on the field goal attempt or the interception uh, drive. They were on like the 20 yard line 
and made him go four plays minus one yard. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it should be made clear here that the only reason why we are lamenting the Packers squandering that last drive and love throwing his third pick is the fact that Josh McDaniels made one of the stupidest yet most expected decisions to kick a field goal after taking a timeout. And it was so obvious that it was going to be a miss, especially when Daniel Carlson had missed a field goal already. And yet you trot him out, not to to just put points on the board, but extend the game rather than just kill it off altogether. It would have saved Packer fans a lot more heartache, (laughs) Um, selfishly. But, like, the only reason why the Packers had one more chance to possibly win this game was because Josh McDaniels is a stupid coach. Yeah. Routinely. Like, it, it, I don't know. I don't understand why these coaches keep making the same mistakes that they do because they're all stubborn like we all are. Yeah. Anyway. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The defense. <laughs> um, yes, to your point, like this game could have easily gone out of hand. It, after easily. that first pick, it, it could have eas- it could have spilled out into something lions adjacent, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, they're they're gonna have to dig out a, out of a double digit deficit, and we're relying on the defense to keep him in this game. Darnell Sav- I think Quay Walker at that point was already hurt. Yeah, Darnell Savage was about to get hurt because he was gonna make a play for the ball and. Then I don't know. That did not look good. It, it was, was such a weird play because, like, I watched the replays and he wasn't like looking at the ball. He was looking mm-hmm. at like the sky above the player. Yeah, it, it, like he wasn't looking at the player in front of him or the ball coming this way. He was looking like here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was just one of the wildest things. Ends up pulling up lame and staying out of the game. Like, you want to talk about? soon to be problems if they're down quay and savage like they're just going to be decimated on defense they they can't be down quay and devondre in the middle and they're already pretty decimated through game that's what i'm saying is like they're not healthy in the linebacking and secondary and golly it's not gonna not gonna do it and they even played yeah i'm sorry they even played better not better but they played just as well without savage and like quay they like Isaiah McDuffie had a good game tonight. Isaiah McDuffie's turning heads. I, I don't know if he's just kind of like 
I feel, you know, I, feel I, I don't think he's a, a linebacker of the future, but he's he's very sturdy and dependable. Like he, I think it depends know, on the talent. Was, frankly, like I think against the Lions, true. he wasn't the best. Yes. Against the Saints, he was no. fine. But like against the Raiders, a kind of not good team, he played pretty well. Like Rudy Ford, Rudy Ford makes another pick. Um, and I think he had it only says one pass breakup. But he also had like at least a. Uh, it was that Josh Jacobs one where he run where he was about to bounce outside, yep. and I think it was just no game, so yeah. it's not gonna be tackled for a loss. It was just a, a good the, play, good play. And again, like we talked about plenty about like the safety being such a big issue, and now we're talking about the other safety being the issue. Rudy Ford has been has earned that job and has made plays when it has mattered. Unfortunately, it comes in losses. Yeah, <laughs> at least this year. He uh, he said he he does a lot of like really good things, and then like also some maddening things. I think as a player, he's just like inconsistent. But at least when he's on, he's making impact plays. He's getting interceptions. He's getting tackles for no gain. Like I would rather have as like this iteration of the team. I rather would have Rudy Ford go for plays and miss them and give up big plays yeah. while also getting like sacks and tackles for losses and interceptions versus a player that just lets him get seven yards, eight yards every time he's covering somebody. Like I think having that boomer bust potential on this, this team is just okay. Yeah. Um, Keyshawn Nixon, you're talking about, I, yeah, I was going to say, Keyshawn next. I thought, you know, again, kind of in that Rudy Ford model of, like, inconsistent. I know that play against Devonta, he just had a very bad beat on the ball. Um, and, again, that probably happens when you're not as experienced as being a slot corner as he is. Mm-hmm. I thought he still made some good plays and tackles when it, again, mattered. Um, four sacks between this defense. It wasn't just Rashawn Gary. Preston Smith really started off strong today. Um, and Barry had a sack. Who else had a sack? Kenny Clark. Third down sacks. I'm just saying this right now because it's in my head. The Packers love third down sacks. I don't know if this is a tracking stat or a PFF. Or <laughs> it just always happens. And it's great. And I love it. But I just have noticed these things over the course of the year. Um yeah, like they they got pressure. They they made Jimmy G. <laughs> they put him into making bad decisions. Their run defense, which we again, it's been abysmal, and it wasn't. It was fine considering what the game was. They the defense did its job, and they got takeaways. They they made plays to really turn this game on its head. The fact that. The drive coming out at halftime, Raiders get the ball. And we're all kind of on the edge of our seats. Like this is okay, again, another opportunity where this game could easily have gone into 17-3 and we're really in a big hole. Rudy Ford comes out with that interception. And a perfect play where either I, I know uh Troy Aikman said on the broadcast, even if Rudy Ford didn't make a play for the ball, Razul Douglas is right there. They can easily yep. pick them off too. So like they had the plays to turn this game on on its head. They got home. Guys that, you know, got hurt, Quay Walker, Donald Dar- Savage. Eric Wilson did really well. He had eight tackles, combined tackles, in spell of Quay and Campbell, obviously. Like, 
I don't know if we could have asked for a better defensive performance considering what the Packers lost going into this game and obviously throughout it. Yeah. Um, and it's frustrating to waste that. Yeah. I, it, the most annoying thing is that they they rebounded from a really embarrassing loss to, to, to Detroit and came in and didn't let the biggest elephant in the room beat him like Devonte adams was for all intents and purposes a pretty much like non-factor tonight um yes. four not catches, until that last like meaningful drive for the raiders right four catches for 45 yards like he i think he only had one catch through halftime yeah. and like that's good they like credit to joe Barry, credits due they 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 schemed well for Devonta Adams, or maybe they just weren't throwing it to him. I'm not gonna say either or, but I'm, they they played Devonte well, like they they just did, to where they were forcing players like Jacoby Myers, um, Josh Jacobs, and uh, Michael Mayer to try and beat him. Like Michael Mayer saved the touchdown for the Packers because he just flat out dropped that ball. He should have been gone, yeah, um, or had a huge gain regardless. But it's it's not like the offense for them was crazy efficient either. 183 yards passing is not good. I'm sorry, 208 yards passing. I forget they take sacks into the total passing offense, which is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> um, 208 yards offense or of passing isn't like amazing, and then 96 yards of rushing. They just barely over 300 yards total for the game. Like, that's just fine. That's just fine. And mm. it's it's disappointing to, like you said, waste that performance against a team whose defense was really really stumbling as they came in like lost to the chargers right they lost to the chargers last week yep and then like you said we talked about it during the preview one of the sticking points of this game was going to be turnovers and the three jordan love turnovers were horrendous like horrendous they all like uh, two of them were horrible the last one wasn't so bad that was a bad ball but the first one, he doesn't see Spillane come through, like, and just throws it right to him. Like you would have thought he was a receiver, he threw it right to him. The, yeah. The second one that Marcus Peters batted away, Marcus Peters batted away. My God, that that is a ball that should never be thrown. Christian Watson could not have been more covered. And credit to Marcus Peters for swatting the ball away and getting Spillane's second um, interception. And then the last one, hell of a play by that by that cornerback to get that ball from Christian Watson, but. Even then, that's right. That's just a poor decision. Like that ball should have been thrown. Like that, he. I think he's just trying to force it too much to make something happen. Because they're down too. That was the other thing. Right. They still had another down to go. Like they didn't have. They didn't have to make a play. And there was plenty of time on that clock. Yeah. With even without timeouts. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they're again, the, like, the it's the balance. Yeah. Like they had a lot of time to get where they wanted to go and whatever they wanted to do. Like. I know our attention has already veered away from the defense, and rightfully so, because like when you give up three interceptions in a game that you only give up 17 points, I'm just going to repeat it because I've already said it. This was a winnable game. Mm-hmm. It was a winnable game even before Josh McDaniels made one of the stupidest decisions I've ever seen a coach do. And I, I just don't know... I know we came into this year expecting, hey, er, expecting very little. It was a low expectation season. And yes, that is refreshing. 
it is also maddening to see them be two and three when this team could either have been three and two or four and one or one and four. If you really think, if you think about the Saints game, the fact that they even won that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, (laughs) what's really annoying is that they have a variety of options of the record they could be. They are now two and three. Could easily be one and four. I believe the point differential is now a, an even zero, flat zero. Yep, it is. Um, they are two and three. They could easily be one and four with the only one coming against the Bears. Um, they could easily be four and one. Like they should have won the Falcons game. They won the yep. Saints game. They should have won mm-hmm. the night. Yes. Like save from all of the the love interceptions, they had a chance to win that fucking game. And I think that's the the most maddening part of it as a fan is that you see pathways to success with this team. And like like you had touched on, we we knew that the expectations mm-hmm. coming into this year were low. We didn't really expect them to make the playoffs. We knew there was going to be some hard moments in this. But it would feel better if they just looked bad, right? If they just looked bad and, yes. and got beat by like how they got beat by the Lions week in, week out then it makes sense. They're a young team. This is what's supposed to happen. But this isn't what's happening. They're staying in ball games, in part due to some heroics and some injuries, and in part to some good performances on by the defense, and like in tonight's game, for example. And then everything is working like not in concert. Some weeks the offense works, week one, week it, it, it's not even. I don't think like, we can even break it down week by week. We can break it down in game, like drive one by drive. drive. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing. Half by half, even so, like half by half, right? Especially when uh, there was a stat of they've scored like five or averaged five point two first half points this season. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good, and like I, the thing I was talking about this with my fiance. Um. I was going to change it. Anyway, um, the question that kept rattling in my mind watching this game is I don't know what one thing the Packers do well this year. Kick the football? That's an answer for you. You're damn right, because we got the best kick fucking the, Carlson, kick, right? Kick the football is about the only thing. Um, we got the best Carlson. I, uh, give me a second. This is a, this is a. Oh, did you find a quote? Yeah. Uh, Jair Alexander. At oh, this no. point, it's pretty obvious that the defense has to not give up any touchdowns. <sighs> Golly. And. The worst part about it is I don't think he's wrong. Like, you know what? I'm gonna take. I'm gonna put my put my foot down. I'm gonna go on a little bit of a of a soapbox here. If they're gonna need one fucking veteran to lead this team, it's got to be Malthy Jair. It has to be. Like, it's coming as big words from a defense that gave up some pretty big plays against the Lions last week. Given. That he didn't play against the Lions last week. I don't know how much difference that makes, but uh, let me go back through and look at the. I guess we can both all go back through as you see my screen here. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
like 20 points to the Bears, 25 to the Falcons, 17 to the uh, to the Saints. Like 34 is bad, but Jair was out that game, so say what you will, yada, yada, yada. Uh, 17 tonight. Well, it, it's not even just Jair. Again, this, this defense is losing. They're not losing like a lot of players. They're losing significant pieces. Right. Jair being without, without, without a game. Right. Devondre Campbell, Devondre Campbell, right? Like, like that is the spine of your defense, right there. Yeah, and I think it's just like he's not wrong. Like you can't expect to win games when you're not scoring twenty points. Like it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of the, the the trend of the offense. It was kind of the trend of the offense last year. They, yes. they, the that's offense. where. That is what is so frustrating to me is that we are living the same experience as last year. And we, if anything, I would have tolerated this a lot more if we had not gone through this last year because expectations were a lot different last year going to this year. And again, just the quarterback change alone just changes what you expect of this Packers team. But not everything has been equal. Not everything has been ideal or drawn up the way that we thought and all this stuff but like ah man it is just it's just frustrating that and i agree with you i think the best thing that the packers do is kicking field goals it's not a good place to be it's not a good place to be and it's like i i agree with you that i would have but we, we suffered through this last year, and to your, the point that you like you just made, we were excited to see an offense, and I kind of want to get into a, a Matt LaFleur discussion here in a moment. Like, once Rodgers left and we had the Jordan Love era start, we were hoping to see a offense that was more in tune of what Matt LaFleur wanted to do. And if that's what this is, there might be some crow needing to be eating by Packers Nation, including us. Because yeah. we were sure. hoping that he would have an offense ready to best utilize Jordan Love, and he doesn't. Like, no. the line was, like, healthy tonight, besides Bakhtiari. And you can't... I'm not bringing Bakhtiari into this. It's not worth talking about. Rashid Walker held up fine in other weeks. He got blitz tonight by max crosby at times but they tried sending people over that we talked about earlier and it just didn't work they they have to figure out something to make the offense go he's had an entire offseason plus three years to figure out how to make the offense succeed with aaron Rodgers and with jordan love they should have been two different offenses because that's stupid in case Rodgers gets hurt, which he's been known to do. That's not like a Achilles shot. I want to be very clear. Like, no, it's, he's it's not. He's just, he's by no happened. means an Iron Man. Yeah. And now that he had the full off season, like they traded him before draft night. If you're being conservative with your projections, that's two weeks in April, May, June, July, August, or May, June, July, three months, three and a half months. And then the rest of training camp to make an offense that is worthy of what your first year QB is capable of doing. And it isn't there. And 
it's not even, again, the Aaron Jones of it all. You can't say they don't have Aaron Jones. They haven't had Christian Watson. It hasn't looked good all year besides against the dog shit Bears. Like, it just it just hasn't. It's been a grinding offense. Their best play, Jordan, is DPI on goal routes. <laughs> yeah. That's not a or good Or blown play. coverage. Or blown coverage. Because, like, that Christian Watson play is, like, similar to, like, the Luke Musgrave, like, hey – I am wide open on one side of the field. If you throw the ball to me, I'm going to catch it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And um, Jeremy Tobias in chat says, let's be honest, this roster has been way overrated talent-wise and the coaching defense and offense is not NFL quality. I I don't want to call them all overrated so far, like yet. I, I think Jair's good. I think there's other players good. But I will agree with you that the coaching isn't of NFL quality right now. And well, I also I think I think offense it's more I would agree that we want potential to be we conflate potential with known quantities right and it happens with all sports and it happens with young players all the time because you're expected the more the longer that you play the better you get that is always the the expectation things get in the way injuries whatever you know <laughs> that's possible to derail someone's career happens. With this, it's like, again, Romeo Dobbs might be, like, the example. He has nine catches, 95 yards. And granted, a lot of that was coming on a lot of cushion. He was getting yards because, you know, Packers are throwing every down. They're trying to get back in the game. And it happens. Like, that. that's where, you know. But when you're depending on him to make plays, he was quiet all night. Gets a catch for four yards or whatever it was for like on a screen. And then that last drive that like he had that ball in his hands mm-hmm. and Jordan Love threw a perfect ball to him. And he, as he's turning, he just dropped. Right. And it's stuff like that, that like, you know, I don't know how to evaluate Romeo Dobbs as like, is he a number three? Is he number two? Christian Watson has the talent to be just like a Tyreek Hill, but like, I, let, that is the the infinite. That is the, the that, top that is, outcome. That, that is so far away. I know exactly, like and but we but we think yeah. these things are possible because the moment you start putting things or like just showing highlights or showing flashes of of this talent, like we think these things are possible when that happens, right. and it's frustrating when you go from drive to drive, game to game, week to week, whatever, when those things don't align or fluctuate as much as this offense is doing because it's not this offense at week by week is getting worse, worse. and worse yeah it's getting worse like yeah the the play calling to start games is bad the productivity is bad everything just isn't good right now and it comes back i think to coaching like i i really didn't want to have this conversation this season but i mean what do you think i know my Aaron, buddy Aaron was in the chat early saying the seat's getting warm. I want to know your opinion on if you think this might even be premature of it all. It's five weeks into the season. Like there's still 12 games to be played. It's a lot of season left, but given how they've looked through five games this season and the sort of similar problems arising week in week out, I guess, do you think Matt LaFleur's seat is warm? I don't think it's warm. I think I would say I'm questioning whether Matt LaFleur is the 
program guy, like a Dan Campbell, like, hey, we're taking our lumps, you're one, maybe you're two. But when we get when we amass enough talent, we're ready to hit fire on all cylinders. I think where I again thoughts rattling around my brain uh, d- throughout this night. I think we have long talked about the way that Matt LaFleur wants to play without Aaron Rodgers as this, but we put it on a pedestal and we're like, once this old buck gets out of here, <laughs> Matt LaFleur is going to have free reign. He's not going to have his play calls changed at the line of scrimmage. Blah, 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 blah. And I think we short change what that looks like when there is some synergy and having someone that maybe I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers' way of playing or leading was perfect for this team last year. I think far from it. I think it was drawn out and it made last year a lot more painful than what it, it feels like even right now. Yeah. Um, I do think we short changed those three years where things were really good, even though the ending sucked all three years of how things can work well when two things come together, whether it's player coach plays Devonte Adams lose large in this too, because we cannot forget about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was just the perfect blend of like meeting people in the middle of how they want to play what, what they feel like is best and just doing things that fit the, your team because ultimately how the Packers played during those years had some mission of intent there was there like we could depend on this week in week out year one under LaFleur Rogers was not easy by any means the offense was really picked up by that defense and then two MVP years from Rogers you know fixes a lot of things and then we Look back at the defense for being the problem. Hides a lot of flaws. Yeah, a lot of flaws. But like, I think Matt Lafleur really he inherited things that not a lot of co- coaches do, and did the best that he could do. And when it comes time to hey, we're wiping the slate almost completely clean. How do you build that back up knowing this is the standard that we are always going to be compared to, what I'm always going to be compared to? And it's that is really challenging. I don't envy him by any means for for, for the fact that he took over for Mike McCarthy when it was long <laughs> overdue that the Packers just need a new coach or need a new voice. But like where this Packers team is at right now, in terms of just like we are at the ground floor, we want this. We want to be going high up the building as fast as we can. And we are impatient as much as anybody because the Packers, Packer fans of the last of my lifetime are not used to just being watching bad Packer teams. But for me, it's like, okay, if we're taking the long-term view of this, I have a lot of questions of like what Matt LaFleur can do to really put this thing in gear. And maybe it just comes down to having talented players every week. It could easily be that. I don't know, but when your quarterback throws three picks and the same recurring offensive line penalties happen and, you know, the guys that are supposed to be game breakers, playmakers, whatever, are not showing week to week, 
there's certainly things that we aren't seeing on the field or what's happening at the practice facility or whatever, Ray Nitschke field that like, you know, are, it's happening behind closed doors that we have no idea to see, but like, I don't know. I went on a long tangent. You go. <laughs> I think like you made some good points that I'm going to, I'll touch on in a, in a second, but to, to the yeah. question that I posed to you is that, it is LaFleur's seat getting warm. I think there's a, a fire trying to be started. If, if that analogy makes sense. Like if, if there, if there's a fire under his seat, there's currently an, an amalgus, that's not even a word, a person, anybody pick a person, a random person striking the flint under his seat, trying to start a fire. Cause I think it's a lot of the same stuff that we just have seen as failures in previous years. Like the, the play calling doesn't look different. The, the coaching and like the discipline from players isn't, isn't there right now. I think, I don't think he loses his job this year. I could see him losing it next year. If it goes as poorly as, as it's, as it's going, like I could see them totally, totally, totally resetting. This is like the super pessimistic point of view. But if it goes, continues to go as poorly as it's going now, and then continues to go as poorly as it did this year, next year, I could see the organization just full resetting. Like Lafleur gone, Goody gone, loves contracts up. Like that just be it. And if it goes that bad, that's the right thing to do. But and honestly, the way Love's contract is set up, like I'm not saying that they're not going to pick it up, but like they're going to be better than what they were the, tonight. If there is still a question of whether Jordan Love will be the starting quarterback for this Packers next Packers team next year, if things don't certainly pick up. decline, I think yeah. I think don't pick up is the right way to go about it because like you can't get much worse than you can tonight. No, and he like I'm not giving much credence to garbage time touchdowns against the Lions, um, the Saints game and that third quarter of the Falcons game are the two most recent things he's got credit for. Like I, I thought he played well against the bears, but a lot of that was Aaron Jones and his playmaking ability to get those two big scores. And then a couple of plays with that defense changed that complexion, that game a lot too. So like there's talent there. Like there just is, it's just, how does he adjust to being scouted more harshly now that he's a starting quarterback? Like yeah. the team's got tape on you now. You're not some new guy. Like they know how to beat you. And I think that, first interception from Spillane tonight where he threw right to him is proof of that. The play that they ran is like a staple Packers play. And I forget the guy's name. I'd have to rewatch it again. I want to say Brandon Graham, but I'm pretty sure that's wrong. Patrick Graham. Patrick Graham. Former Packers assistant. Patrick Graham recognized that defensive scheme as something that would work against Jordan Love and got an interception out of it. Um, To be... To be optimistic and like I guess realistic I don't think they make any sweeping changes like I said until next year like it, they're they're just going to ride out these two years because at that point uh, Christian Watson's contract's up I believe next year right no three no he'll have one more because like, he was a rookie last year yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll have two the, more the year five yeah Um, but regardless of it all like I just don't think 
they want to institute a new coaching scheme with Jordan Love. It depends. I guess there's two different ways of thinking of uh, two ways of thinking about this. Do you try and maximize Jordan Love's talent with Matt Lafleur and the coach he's had his entire NFL career, or if it goes poorly this year and you see glimpses of greatness from Jordan Love but not consistency, do you can the floor and the coaching staff to try and get the most out of Jordan Love next year? It, it, there's a lot of there's a two different ways to look at it, and I think knowing the Packers, they'd go the former rather than the latter. Yeah, this is a patient organization. Only in my life to sometime any... its detriment. Yeah. Oh, yes. Exactly. And the only coach of my lifetime that the Packers have moved on from with a year was Ray Rose. Yeah. And he was pre Sherman, wasn't he? That was, he was. That was, yeah, he was between Holmgren and Sherman. Yeah. And I don't think Brian Gukums is near the level of Ron Wolf to make that kind of call. Not by a long shot. Absolutely not. Um, but like I think again, this is this is the de- developmental year. If you're if you're banking on this being the reset and retool or whatever, as much as you want results, another word that starts with RE, um, it's gonna take time. To go against that grain after one year. I don't. I I think that would bring up a lot of other questions about the organization that it would just about coaching. Yeah, it brings because... up a question: Why you move on from Rogers? Why you do a whole lot of stuff as an organization to plan for this era of football, and then shit can it after a year? Yeah, pull the plug on it when it's like this is what we expected. Isn't this yeah. what you expected? Right. Like this is, if this isn't if this isn't what you expected, then why does he look as bad as he does? Kind of thing. Yeah. Like if you're expecting, and, I'm sorry, if you're expecting playoff level football and you're expecting like a competent team, why was everything you've done this offseason between getting rid of Rodgers, talking about how they kept no veterans, like they're the youngest team in the league, just everything leading up to this point, why was that the decision kind of thing? So sorry to interrupt, but yeah, I totally agree that it calls into question a lot of the offseason decision making the Packers did. Yeah, and again, the two, the two uh, building two tracks of winning for for the short term and then playing for the future, they're not always seamless. The Packers no. have have <laughs> gifting or getting the quarterback fortune that they've had over the last thirty years does a lot to make up for how hard that is, and we're seeing right now what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like it, it's not easy by any means. So yeah, like I, again, these are the big picture questions that we'll stew on throughout the bye week, especially after a loss like this. But like for right now, it's certainly not good that things are trending downward in terms of what this offense looks like, the inconsistency in both performance and play calling. Because I think that is fair to call both in question, and just what we expect of this Packers team. Like, I, I don't think, I think we're at a very similar spot to where we ended up being last year before that last four to five game run, where I think, especially coming into this game, you know, we we're talking about in the discord, join the GSB discord. Uh, why are the Raiders favored? Why blah, 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 blah. And it's like, 
Packers are really no different than the Raiders. Like they they are in the same class of teams as Raiders, as like these porous offensive teams, New England. Like they, from what we have seen, like they just don't, they don't have any tooth. They're toothless. And I don't know, maybe Jair Alexander is right. <laughs> you can't give up a touchdown. Otherwise this game is over. Right. Uh, f- great transition. The full quote that is now getting passed around from Jair is, uh, I think at this point it's pretty obvious that the defense has to not give up any touchdowns. That's part of being self-critical. The offense is pretty young, and they're still figuring out their mojo. So it's not as not as spicy, not as spicy as it was initially reported by uh, Mash Needman. Yeah, that I, I yeah. I still don't think I, that, that I still don't think the sentiment is wrong. <laughs> to be fair, like no, that's we had a discussion about it. I still think that's an appropriate way to look at it as a. Uh, Packers defender because like we talked about it's it's true they, they just think they, they're not scoring enough points to win games outside of the the um Bears game so we'll see it's gonna be a long bye week like I think they just really um they just really need to get somebody in the locker room to give them a kick in the ass this bye week like get in, watch film, see what's going wrong, see how they can improve on it. Like, I know bye weeks are supposed to be rest weeks, but it's week five of the season. Like, I would rather, I guess that they probably can for the CBA for CBA reasons, but mm-hmm. I would really love for them just to work this bye week and figure out something to, to as to why nothing's working and really go through the film. Like, I think that's that's the biggest thing. If they come out looking flat against Denver, we're gonna yell. I'm going to yell. There's no excuse for it. None. They had an extra long week after the Lions loss this week on the road. They're going to have extra long. And they looked worse. And they looked worse. Like uh, At least offensively. They're going to have another very long two weeks until the Denver game in Denver on Sunday. The whatever day that is. October something, the 22nd, I think. Mm. They just, if they don't come out and score a touchdown or two in the first half, it's going to be bad. There's going to be yelling on this fucking podcast. There will be hell to pay, especially when Kevin James is right across the sideline. Shut up. (laughs) God. (laughs) It's a deep cut for you people out there understanding that joke. That was my Kevin James face. You missed it. Surely. Like, God. (laughs) I already put up the thumbnail, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's a close runner-up. Maybe that's a reaction for the, for the GSPN Discord. So go to GSPN Info to find that. Um, Jordan, do you have anything else to say, buddy? I think we've had... No, I'm very glad that the Packers are on bye week because I'm getting married this weekend and I don't want them to fuck that up too. <laughs> nope. Instead, you we're going to have a good time. Yes, can't, we are. Can't wait. Give uh, everyone in the comments, give some congratulations to Jordan and his... Future uh Mrs. One and Six. <laughs> this is <laughs> So um all right folks, I think it's time we settle up all of our affairs before we head out of here. Um with the bye week this week, obviously you won't hear from us um for our pregame, but we have something else cooking for you guys to come out later this week, possibly early next week, depending on 
when we would decide we want to release it given the bye week situation of all things. But um, we'll, we'll, you'll have a different pod from us between now and the preview pod for the Denver Broncos. So be on the lookout for that. Um, other GSPN news and happenings. Go check out the Bucks feed, obviously, as they had their first preseason game against the Bulls uh, this past weekend in a 105, I think, 104 win against them or something like that. Um, something close. Bucks won the preseason game. Um, but Ty and Rohan broke down um, some of those stats and just games in general, whether Marjan Beauchamp or Malik Beasley or Pat Conton will be the fifth starter. Um, Ty went and had a great time talking about the Dame trade. Um, they talked media day last week as well. So go check out all things Bucks as they heat up for their season um, over in the Bucks here with Ty and Rohan and with Jordan and Adam um, on one and six. Uh, Brewers disappointed us with the end of their season uh, last week, as I believe we talked about in the preview, but go check out Cruising for a Bruising. Subscribe to them so we can, can keep up to the latest on all things Brewers in the offseason because there'll be Corbin news, there'll be console news, there'll be probably Woody and Adamus news at some point. So go check out all that stuff and get ready for next year. <laughs> um, yeah. Then last but certainly not least is always just go check out Make, make, time, make time for This great junk drawer pod uh i need to check out some of these this road doll movie that was uh on netflix it sounds like it could be pretty good loved roll doll um loved me some uh, anderson too yeah love me some big that's not what this movie is about but i did love me some big so all right folks that does it for us thank you again for tuning in and having a little therapy as we go through this loss together i think we all needed it so um again thank you for listening we'll be back in your feeds feel free to subscribe to us leave a comment review all that kind of stuff we'd appreciate it so thank you again for listening everybody and jordan thank you thank you